December 2nd, 2021. We're in Masechet Rosh Aleph on the very bottom line. <coughs> the Gemara is continuing to explain the Mishnah. The Mishnah described that system that they once had in place with regards to how they would inform everyone as to when the Rosh Chodesh was. And if you recall, it was this torch system of sorts. It would begin from the Makom HaMikdash, or right next to it, where they would have the Sanhedrin. They would uh, begin this uh, raising up fire, and one mountain would see the next, and see the next, and so forth, until, said the Mishnah, you'd get word out to Bavel as to the establishment of Rosh Chodesh on that day. Said the Mishnah, on the bottom line here, Now the Mishnah mentioned the names of five places, but apparently this last one, was the only one which was unrecognizable to Hachmeh Talmud, which means to say when they saw the other four names, although one of them, Har HaZetim, I was able to associate with, the other four I don't know much about, uh, but the Gemara will only have difficulty very briefly as to what's Biltin, what is this place, Bet Biltin, says the Gemara, my Bet Biltin, again, assuming they knew what the other four were, they only want to know what is Bet Biltin, answers the Gemara, unfortunately, and answer that won't help me all that much. Amarav Zoberam. Ah, it's the name of a place called Beram. So he gave me one name of a place I didn't know, and to another name of a place, but in the time of Talmud, they were well aware as to what Beram was to the extent that we don't. Tosafot derives from this very briefly. It says Tosafot, oh, clearly Beram is in Eres Israel, which means to say, we're not really certain where it is, but we do know that each of those fires were in the land of Israel, in Eretz Israel, until you got to the border, if you recall, and from there they were able to see it in Bavel, says Tosafot, clearly Biram, and in turn, Bet Biltin, of course, was in Eretz Israel. Okay, in the time of the Talmud, this was a lot more significant with regards to, you'd be able to talk about a place, look at it and say, oh, I know what that place is. Today, maybe geographically, we're a little bit more distant from Persia and Iran. Says the Gemara onward, my Gola, right, from Bet Biltin, uh, the Mishnah said, then uh, they would see it in the Gola. Now we know the Gola was a reference to Bavel, we made that clear, but it described the Gola then as if it was a Madurat Ish, as if there was some sort of bonfire there, right? In other words, the last torch was seen from Bet Biltin into Gola, and from there, the Gola was able to inform themselves, so to speak. There were no mountains or no significant mountains then in Bavel. They would then just have some sort of bonfire, Madurat Ish, which will address. But what's Gola? In other words, what's the significant settlement on the border closest to Eres Israel in Bavel. Do you understand? In other words, what's that place? Answers the Gemara, Mar of Yosef. Zo Pumbedita. Pumbedita is the name of the place where the Hachmeh HaTalmud, many of them were residing. There were, generally speaking, three major academies in Bavel that we're familiar with. Sura, Nardea, and Pumbedita. Pumbedita, says the Gemara, that's the place on the, uh, on the, on the closest to the border of Eres Israel. In other words, to, the, to seeing the fire from Eres Israel. From there, of course, they'd get the word to the other academies, the other places where Jews were settled in Bavel. Says the Gemara, my kamadurat esh. The Mishnah also says, so we define several of the final words of the Mishnah. We know what Bet Biltin is, it's some place called Biram. 
We know what the Gola was, the initial place in Bavel which saw uh, the last fire from Eres Israel. What did it mean that it's Kimadurat Ish? That if you were in Bavel, it was a bonfire. They didn't light themselves on fire. I mean, what, what sort of fire was there that the Mishnah describes if you were looking down from Bet Biltin, you looked at Bavel and you should see it. It looked like a bonfire. How so? Says the Gemara Tana. We have a teaching called Ehad Ve'ehad, everyone in Pumbedita who was living there in Bavel, Notel Avukabiado. They would get word and then look up and see at the mountain that there was a fire. They would then go up, it sounds like, Ole Lerosh Gago, up to each of their own individual roofs. Keep in mind, we're not, we don't have these mountains in Bavil. We're not spreading word with a mountain, but Bavil is the final destination. It's one of the significant destinations for them to find out when Rosh Chodesh is. So all the people, word would spread, they would look up and see. All the people would then go up to their mountain, to their roof and uh, light fire. So if you looked from Eres Israel into Bavil, it looked like a giant bonfire. I envision it as, I don't know, these concerts, Yaakov Shweki concerts, uh, all the kids put their uh, cell phones with the light on, with the lights off, and they go back and forth. That's the madurate. She would look down. What's that? To get the word out. But this way, you're a part of it. You may, what's the purpose at these concerts for them to put their lights on? Mechila, lehavdil. What the the concept is? Everyone's a part of it, and you're able to see it, and you're all taking part of it. And this is, so all the people before that should be doing the same thing. But in Eretz you, you you did a didn't need to, and b it would be a lot more difficult. Is my understanding? You're going from one far distant location to another distant location. All you really need to do is get the word from one all the way to the next. When you're in Bavel, you can't do that any longer. When you're in Bavel, well, how am I going to do that? There's no mountain to be looking at to spread the word. I'll bring my fire. My neighbor two blocks away will be looking up. He'll see it, and he'll start it, and he'll continue it. You had to do a smaller telephone system than a long-distance one. So he didn't see, so he didn't see the, 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 other, the, the distant one couldn't have seen it. It has to be. It has to be the ones closest to the border or whatever were able to see. Further in, they couldn't. And yes, it's not only for the beauty, but it's to spread the word because they couldn't have seen it otherwise. Says Tanya Rabbi Shimon ben El Azar Omer Af Harim Vekayir Vegader Vehavroteha. Says Rabbi Shimon ben El Azar in this Mishnah, you should know we listed five mountains in Eris Israel. It wasn't only five mountains, there were several others that we left out. What are they? One called Harim, one called Kayir, Kier. Geder and Havrotea means and uh, its friends and the other mountains that surrounded it. So there were several other mountains that were used in terms of rising up to these mountaintops, uh, raising up fire in order to spread the word of Rosh Chodesh. Ikade Amre, the Gemara now will have two opinions as to where those mountains were. And it was the Mishnah, apparently, if you had a good geographical understanding and knew where these places were, you'd be able to map out where these mountains were in Eretz Yisrael. But now he threw a few more at me, and I'm not fully certain where they are. One Ika, Yesh, De Amre, who said, in other words, in interpreting where these mountains were, one, one approach is they were Bene Bene. We know the word Ben. Ben means in between, right? These were in between mountains, which means to say you'd have one mountain the Mishnah mentioned and another one a far distance away. Says Rabbi Shimon Ben Elazar, don't think that we assumed that this mountain would get the word all the way to that distant one. We now are placing the coordinates in between. There were other smaller mountains, less significant ones, 
but they were part of transmitting that message. That's what these mountains are. Alternatively, Aleph Dalit, Ikad Amre, the other approach this matter, Lehach Gisad Eris Yisrael Havu Keep in mind, if you're getting to Bavel, you're not only going to the east, you're going southeast, right? You're going to, not only to the east, but you're going southeast, right? So as a result, the mountains may have been in one direction, but now the other da- the mountains are going to be in the other gisa, mor hashiv dahai gisa, or mor hashiv dahai gisa, whereas our Mishnah is do- dealing with hai gisa, this direction, the Beraita is dealing with this direction. You need to go not only east, you need to go southeast. So the Mishnah might be giving me mountains to the east, and the Beraita might be giving me mountains to the south. In other words, they're complementing one another. Either way you slice it, the suggestion in the Beraita, based on what? Based on tradition, Bishimon ben Elazar. Based on tradition, because he's after this time period, is that there were extra mountains that were part of this mix of getting the word out. What was their significance? Either just in-betweeners, or alternatively, they're adding to the direction in terms of getting this to Eris Yisrael, uh, getting this out of Eris Yisrael, through Eris Yisrael. Amar B'Yohanan, ben kolahat ve'ahad shemona parsaot. You should know that those listed in the Mishnah, keep in mind the Mishnah has five mountains, so you have one to the second, the space number one, like a hand. How many spaces are in a hand? There's four spaces in a hand, yes? We have five fingers, four spaces. I like that analogy. Uh, there's four spaces in between, right? And uh, the statement here is there were eight parsaot. A parsa is a large measurement, but uh, you had eight parsaot in between each one of them. Kamahavuluhu, if you were to count up all together those spaces, again, these are the five mountains, yes? How many spaces, what's the distance across Eris Israel that you needed to go? Taltin v'tartin. You switch the taf with the shin in taltin. Sheloshim v'tartin and 22. So tere means two. So you're dealing with 32 um, spaces, uh, 32 parsaot of space from one mountain all the way across to the other one. Yeah, so we understood on that. There's four spaces plus five mountains, eight parsaot roughly in between each one. Eight times four, of course, is 32. Says the Gemara, that's very interesting. So you're telling me from one edge to the other edge, it was the edge, it was 32. To get the word out, to Bavel, says the Gemara, but look at our geographical maps today. Go take a, a I don't know, a tour, a hike in Israel today. The Ha'idna today, to Bahavu. It's a lot more than 32 parsaot. Are you going to tell me that the land of Israel, that Eretz Yisrael has expanded? Uh, the Gemara is very confused. You told me just a moment ago, based on your tradition, based on something, that there's eight parsaot in between each. But fa ha'idna, ha'idna means now, tuva havu, tuva means more, havu there is. There's a lot more than 32 parsaot from one of those mountains to the other one. Amar Abaye answers Abaye, istatume, istatum lehu. They became closed up. Satum means closed up. What do you mean it became closed up? The suggestion we'll see in just a moment in the Gemara is that it's not that there's more space, but it's that the roots are more circuitous. There's no longer direct roots. Whereas you could have said in the past, it's just eight parsaot from one to the next and to the next and to the next, because so to speak, your highways, your passageways were a lot more direct. Today, it's not that the distance from one to the next is, is, is literally longer. It's that it'll take you longer. Why will it take you longer? Because you can't go directly any longer. Why can't you go directly any longer? The Gemara will envision that as a punishment from God. After Galut, no longer is there a direct route through Eretz Yisrael. 
I guess this is a warning against, what do they call it? Kfish Mispare Had in Israel. You can't have a direct route any longer. It's not that you can, it's not Highway 1, yeah. As an Israeli for a couple of years, Kfish Mispare Had, you know, that's, um, it's, it, it, it's not really a warning against, but it's a description of, okay, that's Yimot HaMashiach when you finally had your straight direction. Says the Gemara, Istatum Lehu Darke, the routes, the, uh, the uh, journey routes are now Istatum, they're no longer straight. Dichtiv, after all, we have two separate pesukim, which seem to allude to the fact that after after galut, you're going to no longer have a direct route. I'm now going to fill your derech, your root, with sirim. Explains Rashi, sirim means kosim. It's going to be filled with thorns and thistles. As a result, you won't be able to go directly. I'm going to make a natural growth or a seemingly natural growth on your passageways. You won't be able to have straight passageways any longer. Rav Nachman bar Yitzhak amar mehacha. I have the same concept, says Rav Nachman bar Yitzhak. Istatim lehu derachim, they're no longer direct, but what's his pasuk for this? He cites a different pasuk. The pasuk says in Echa, Nitivotai Iva. Iva, Le'avet means to be skewed. Nitivotai, Nitiv is a, is a direction. The roots are now skewed, amounts to the same thing. Ultimately speaking, says the Gemara, it's true. We once had a straight direction of eight parasaot from one mountain to the next. If we had it straight, it would still be eight parasaot, but after Galut, after destruction in Eretz Yisrael, it's no longer straight. It feels, it, is, it appears to be a lot longer. All right, continues the next Mishnah. The Mishnah describes to us when those Edim, those witnesses who saw the new moon, would arrive in Yerushalayim on Shabbat, well, what would they do? How would we receive them? Uh, keep in mind, they just traveled quite a distance. They're probably hungry. They don't have a home. They're not really certain what they're going to do. How would we accept them and greet them in Yerushalayim? Says the Mishnah, There was a large courtyard in Jerusalem, and its name was Bet Ya'azek. The Gemara will question that name. It appears as if it's a significant name that you're telling me, going out of your way to tell it to me. We'll talk about that very briefly in the Gemara. And to that courtyard, all of the potential witnesses of this new moon, and you may have had many, would enter on Shabbat. And the Betin would carefully sift through them and check them. Now keep in mind, and we'll, we'll point this out in the Mishnah in just a moment, once you got past your first accepted group, you might have another half dozen or ten dozen waiting for you. You don't really need to check them. You already established Rosh Chodesh. But we would, as the Mishnah will make clear, give everyone the time of the day because we didn't want people to feel as if we didn't care about them, then they wouldn't come back next time. Imagine a day and a half or a, a, a three quarters of a day journey and you made your way there and then you're told, all right, but we don't need you. You're not really interested in going back the next time. It was a journey which wasn't even fruitful. You didn't feel uh, special. As a result, we'd give you this place to stay and we would meet with you and sketch as if we were interested in you. Furthermore, we'd give you a lot of food. I would give a lot of food because people like food. So that people would come back. We want them to be regulars, not to lie, but we want them to look carefully at the sky, to see the moon, and to not feel any apprehension about coming to Yerushalayim to testify. So again, you'd come into Yerushalayim, they would direct you, direct you to this Haser Gedola, where you would be mitkanes, we would slowly check you, check group by group, check individual by individual, and give you a lot of food. 
orig- originally, when we first started doing this for many years, lo mizazin misham kol hayom. The halacha was that they weren't allowed to leave the entire day. Halachically speaking, not just because we're going to check you, but you came You came from outside of Tchum Shabbat. Technically speaking, the halacha is if you come from outside of the Tchum, which we've discussed on several occasions, you now only have four amot all around you. You have personal space. Four amot is six feet. You're pretty much bound to your place. So you could go six feet that way and six feet that way and six feet that way. Nothing more and nothing less. Perhaps, perhaps you were able to move around the city. It's a discussion amongst the Rishonim. But technically speaking, you were really stuck. You were chained to your place. Now keep in mind, that's not going to be very conducive to inviting people back. If I know I go there, it might be they throw all the food at me, but I have to just stay within my six feet and I have to talk to the people around me who also are stuck in their place. What if I don't like them? What if I want to take a walk? What if I, I'm going to feel a little boxed up for what? They didn't even need me. So you're not going to come back next year. But that was Barishona. Is there any special mitzvah for a person that's doing this? Yes, it's a mitzvah from the Torah. It's not a chobah on each individual. It's a chobah on the nation. It's a chobah on the but leadership. If I see it and I don't want to be a witness, I'm not a You're not mevatel a mitzvah, but you lost an opportunity to be involved in a mitzvah. Are you, okay, you're the witness, are you getting one, or is it you doing it for the nation? Yeah. I mean, h- hard to define that exactly. I'll tell you, the mitzvah is incumbent upon the leadership. Right? In other words, the Moshe and Aharon's. So it's certainly incumbent upon them. We're interested and we want you involved in the mitzvah. I can't tell you what you know, your chart will look like afterwards, but I can tell you you're a mitzvah. That's, that's a significant thing. You were a part of something a lot greater than yourself. No, come on. It, it doesn't sound good to you? That sounds pretty good to me. It's playing a significant... But it's playing a significant role for all of Am Yisrael, literally. Even if it wasn't a mitzvah. But it is a mitzvah that you're partaking in and without you, you're an integral. What's that? No, because the testimony is not per se the mitzvah. The establishment is the mitzvah. So you'll say everything goes in. Of course, of course. But he wants you to have, you know, I can't. Yeah, I, I can tell you you're a part of it. I can't tell you that per se you're fulfilling the mitzvah. But, you know, if we didn't have you, we can't fulfill it. So you're playing a role for the larger kelal. All right, maybe that's the reason we needed all these. And maybe everyone was theorizing like you. It's not worth my while. It's not even my mitzvah to do. Yeah. Rabban Gamliel's establishment was that you're now allowed to, we consider you as if you're a resident of Yerushalayim, and in turn you have 2,000 ama outside of it to all directions. That's the status of a person who lives in, a, in, a, in an area. I'm a resident of this area, I now have 2,000 ama outside of it. It's not the normal halacha. If you transplant yourself on Shabbat, go outside of the tomb, we say you're stuck. You can't really move any longer. Rabban Gamliel said, forget about what happened in the past. You're now here, you're a Jerusalem resident, but I'm not. For this Shabbat you are. That's not the way the halacha works. Rabban Gamliel stretched the halacha over here in order to make certain that people were going to come. This is an example, and this is what Svi was talking about a few days ago, of Hitiru Sofan Mishum Tehilatan, which Tosafot cites from the Gemara in Masechet Besandaf Yod Aleph, which means to say sometimes the hachamim were interested and nervous 
that we make certain that you come and as a result, we'll make it easy for you even after you finish the deed that you were on your way and permitted to come to. And as a result, they gave certain permissibilities. It's interesting, they don't give a full permissibility. Rabban Gamliel didn't say you could walk all the way home now. He said, now it's as if you're a resident of Yerushalayim. So he tried to, within a context of halakha, shift the paradigm over here from being a, a, a ger, a person who doesn't belong here, to a toshav. He wasn't going to say you can go all the way home now. He said you could go 2,000 amah. Continues the Mishnah. It says you should know we have different, similar circumstances where if you transplanted yourself from your regular residential area to another on Shabbat, we don't make you stuck there. We allow for you then to move 2,000 amah. Velo elu bilvad, ela av you should know not only people coming to testify about the new moon do we have such a halakha that we give them a new residential area, quote unquote, to move around 2,000 amah outside of it, even on Shabbat, but a hachama, a midwife who comes to help in a birth on Shabbat, we say to her, you came from one place all the way to another place which was certainly permitted, but now I want to go home, now I want to get out of here. Uh, you're stuck in the hospital for Shabbat. No, we allowed for her then to be in such a circumstance as well. This is your residential area. You heard there's a fire a city or two over. You ran to help them, and now you're stuck there. No, you're allowed as well. The 2,000 am outside. Or if there's legions, if there's armies that are coming to attack, and you went to help in that circumstance. Same thing. We were mekil on you. If there's an overflowing river, and you're going to save people and save, the, save lives in such a circumstance as well. If there was some sort of uh, a downfall of, of, of stones in a home or any others or a quarry, whatever the circumstance is, and you went to save in such a circumstance, we say to you, you're not stuck there. You now, as it's as if you lived here and you have 2,000 ama. What's that? I'll get there in a second. We consider those people who went to save as if they lived there, and therefore, they have 2,000 ama in all directions. Yes, as I mentioned a few days ago, this is is the source with which Rav Moshe Feinstein and Igrot Moshe Chilek Dale deals with the issue of Hasala or Hasala members allowed to return home after bringing a patient to the hospital or do they now need to spend the rest of the day at the hospital or walk home if it's within the Tchum Shabbat. Rav Moshe Feinstein points to this Gemara, the Tosafot over here, a careful reading of the Mishnah which we could and did on another occasion really uh, tease out. But that's what Moshe Feinstein's argument. His argument is the hachamim are permitting over here the return even with transgression of mitzvot min ha-Torah, perhaps, like igniting the, uh, the, the motor of a car, to return back home. Now, Hatzalah are still careful. They won't turn off the motor in the, in the car for that reason. They're still careful to try to stay away from mitzvot lo ta'aseh, from the Torah, on their return. That, that I'm told, at least I was... I quizzed one of the Hatzalah members when I was once together with them on Shabbat. Go. I mean, that, that's, that's my general understanding of it. But Ramosha Feinstein's argument was, perhaps, although he wants you to minimize as well, perhaps that would be fully permitted. Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arbach, again, living in a very different culture and society, same time period, he dies in 1995, but living in Yerushalayim, he disagreed. And you have to understand his vantage point as well. Yerushalayim, I mean, I'm not, I'm not arguing that Ramosha Feinstein came to his decision because he needed to. But I can tell you he was probably more sensitive to it living on the Lower East Side of Manhattan and understanding, you know, I have to travel a far distance to get to the hospital. In Yerushalayim of Rav Shlomo Zaman's time, the hospitals were a little bit closer. I mean, you could, ease, a lot easier 
travel or find an easy place to stop and stay with a Jewish family. Rabbi Tzalma Zalman Arbach disagreed. His argument was in his Minhat Shalomo that only for Yisurim Midrabbanan, in specific circumstances, did the Hachamim matir the return. But by and large, if it's an Yisur from the Torah, they wouldn't go that far. The Poskez Manenu, generally speaking, by and large, side with Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. As a result, we have lots of permissibilities with regards to Hatzalah emanating from this Mishnah. Says the Gemara, they had a question in the Midrash. The name of this place, it was Bet Ya'azik, right? We saw it with an Ayin in the Mishnah. Bet Ya'azik, Tinan? Was the name of the place Bet Ya'azik with an Ayin? Or, Tinan means we learned in our Mishnah, we switched the Taf with Hashin, Shanan, we, we taught in the Mishnah. Or, Bet Yazik, Tinan. Or alternatively, was it without the Ayin? It should be pronounced as Yazik. That's a fascinating thing. It almost for a moment gets me nervous reading this. Wait a second, how could you have made this mistake? Only if you read like in Ashkenazi. Yeah, not really. Okay, even a Svaradi, unless you have a, a, a Halabiya Ayin, you could also swallow the Ayin. And the cabs in Israel, they always know Halabiya right away. The Chet and the Ayin give it away because you could be Svaradi, you could be Middle Eastern and still swallow your eyes. Anyway, says the Gemara, it's an oral tradition, the Mishnah. We don't know, is it Bet Ya'azi? or Bet Yazik, who cares? Well, it might describe the place they were going to in Yerushalayim, this courtyard. How so? Explains the Gemara. On the one hand, if it was Bet Yazik with an Ayn, that would be described in the courtyard as Lishna Me'aliyah. It's a, it's a high level, it's a, it's, a, it's a fine word. Lishna, Lashon, word Me'aliyah, Aliyah, to go up. It's, a, it's an elevated word to describe this place. How so? Dikhtiv Vayazikehu Vayisakkelehu. The Pasuk says, with regards to the famous Mashal HaKerem in, in Sefer Yeshaya, right? The, the, Yeshaya likens in his Nevuah, Am Yisrael to a Kerem. Am Yisrael are the vineyard of God. And God is, is treating them properly with care. And as a result, He builds a gate around them. He protects them. And He removes the stones that are hindering the growth of this vineyard. Now the word would be It means that you look at this courtyard and you say, we're protected here. This is a fantastic place. They take care of us over here. That's if you describe it as Or maybe Or maybe the word in the Mishnah, the name of that place, the courtyard in Jerusalem, they didn't call it Bet Yazik, the protected courtyard. They rather called it Bet Yazik, Lishna Desa'ara. It's a, it's a language which speaks to suffering. Why would it be speaking to suffering? What was wrong with this courtyard? One of two things. Either, as Rashi says, as Jesse points out, it's be- referring to before the Takana of Rabban Gamliel. You were stuck there. Remember, Rabban Gamliel is the one who's mehadesh. He has this novelty. You can move all around. Uh, maybe it's before that, and that's why they called it Bet Yazik. You were stuck there. Suggest so Tosafot, it might be referring even after the Takana of Rabban Gamliel. Then what's the problem? Says Tosafot, it may have been very narrow. It may have just been a place you couldn't move around. Keep in mind, you might have tens of hundreds, tens of, of, of groups of, of, uh, of witnesses there if it wasn't really spread out well, if you didn't have an open space, even though you're allowed to move around, I don't want to be boxed up in this courtyard. And that's why I've been known as Bet Yazek Kedichtiv, as Pasuk says, V'hu Asur Bazikim, Pasuk Bayirmiyahu, the description uh, is that he was asur bazikim? Bazikim refers to he was chained up when he was taken at to galut. He was chained up. You feel chained up. Says the Gemara, I'll tell you the proper name and you'll understand the nature of this courtyard. Amara Baye 
says Abaye, learn from the Mishnah. What did the Mishnah say? Seudot gedolot. Hayu osin lahen sham kedeshi yehuri gilim lavo. Abaye says, did you forget what the Mishnah says? They make grand, great meals. You're going to tell me you felt chained up when you got grand, great meals? Alternatively, Tosafot, you're going to tell me it was such a closed-off area, so narrow, and they made grand, great meals? Says the Gemara, maybe not. Dilma, tarte havu avde behu. Says the Gemara, perhaps there were two which were done there, which means to say... Which means to say, potentially, uh, you're not dealing with an area which was all that open, but you nonetheless were able to serve meals in such an area. By definition, to have many great meals doesn't necessarily mean that you're dealing with a spread out area. As a result, the Gemara is uncertain exactly as to the reality of what this place was. Either it was a spread out area or alternatively it was a narrow area, either Bet Yazek or Bet Yazek. Says the next Mishnah. No, outside. outside yeah. outside. I mean, I don't know exactly where it was, but it was probably close to it because, I mean, the Shkata Gazit was not directly on it. It was adjacent to it, right next to it. So that's, for Kiddusha Hodesh. Well, if it's the 30th day of the month, you know that you know to expect it. I mean, you know. I can't tell exactly what their day looked like. Maybe you went and checked this Hatzer from time to time. Not certain. Says the Mishnah, keep in mind, you didn't necessarily need Sanhedrin either. We learned this in Masechet Sanhedrin. You also could have had a, um, uh, an appellate court. You could have had a court which was appointed by Sanhedrin. All you needed was three witnesses, three uh, judges. You don't need more than three judges. Says the Gemara, Kesad botkine ta'idim. How would you check the witnesses who entered uh, to testify about the new moon? Zug Sheba. Rishon bodkin rishon. It was first come, first serve. The first, uh, the first uh, zug, the first pair of witnesses, they got checked first. And they would bring in the greater of the two. You'd give kabot to the greater of the two. Why would the zug rishon get checked first? Well, I, I guess it stands to reason, but uh, furthermore, I mean, we generally say that, uh, you know, if you're makdim to a mitzvah, we're makdimim lo, you know, we give a certain First preference to the person uh, in the context of mitzvot. So ve'omrin lo, we would say, and this is how we would check, emor, tell us, kesad ra'ita talivana, how did the moon look to you? Those are hard words the Gemara will struggle with. Was it in front of or behind the sun? Not exactly easy to define what those words mean. Lisvona ulidroma. Did it appear to be to the the south or to the north of the sun? Kamahayag gavoha. Describe how high was it in the sky? Uleain hayanote. Describe the shape of it. Was it twisted? Was it tilting one way? The kamahayarahav. How wide was it? What sort of answer they're going to say? Two, two, two fingers, one finger. I mean, what? How, how, how could they measure this? It's up in the sky. Okay, they did something like that. Again, we don't fully know what that means in the Mishnah, but we do know, says the Mishnah, if they answered that it was in front of the sun, we know that they're either missaw 
or they're lying. We, we discount their, them immediately. In other words, we're not just checking for our records. We're not just checking to check them against the other witness. We're checking to see if what they're saying makes sense. If they said lifnei hama, it does not make sense for some reason or another. And as a result, we say, thank you very much. You know, you could find your way out of here. After they checked the first one, they'd bring in the second witness, and they would check him. means consistent. And if their words were consistent, Edutan kayemet. We would uh, we would uphold their testimony. Just the second group or both all groups. This is the first group, even. Ah, you brought in one. Sheni means the second witness. Oh, we brought in the first, the gadol shabayan. We didn't bring them in the same time. We wanted to check them one against the other. It only took hours if you didn't settle with your first group. Oh, afterwards, the next one. Yes. What's that? No, so not really. So that's the end of the Mishnah. The rest of the groups, we would ask them uh, headings. In other words, we would ask them very basic questions. Ask them one or two token questions. Sometimes you're interviewing a person, you know you got it already. I heard this before I did, but I've interviewed for high school. and You know in the first three, four minutes that this is right, in other words, and class place. But you know, first three, four minutes, and forget about the grades, just based on how they read the Gemara the first time, you know exactly where they are, but then you need to make conversation. Either they couldn't make out a sentence to begin with, I said, now you talk that you like Rashi, and you enjoy Rashi, you know, you just do that, Rashi, Perakim, or alternatively, you get really intense and make them not feel all that complacent, but you already knew their placement. That's Rashi, Perakim, so then you're Rashi, Devarim, you made them feel good, you asked them some questions, had a conversation, we didn't need the rest of the witnesses. You already had your first witness, a set of witness, and they checked out, or second, or whatever it was. You didn't want them to go out feeling dejected, downtrodden. You didn't want them going out depressed. So that in the future, they will feel at ease to come. The first lines of the Gemara will test out. We'll just read for a moment. The Gemara is going to ask this in front of the sun, and out and behind the sun seems to be referring to the same words afterward, which the Mishnah talked about, to the north and to the south, both of which we'll need to define at the beginning of class tomorrow. Yes, Mark? Let's say the first two checked out. Done. Yes. But we bring the next few and they disagree. Doesn't matter. So, so already does not matter. With the first ones. Does not matter. We heard. He says the first ones walked in and they described the moon. I'm making this up as being two fingers. You know, right? I'm trying to. And then the next one coming, you have to understand it was a strange thing. It was a five finger moon. Uh, so now we have a contradiction. It wouldn't matter in such a We already had an establishment of Kiddusha Hodesh. We didn't formally do it, but we had the establishment. It's done from there. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.